Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Quest for New Inspiration. If you are new here, my name is KT Mashler. If you are tuning in again, thank you so much. It truly does mean the world to me. On this week's episode, I am super excited to share with you my interview with Melinda Jackson. She owns her own PR firm in North Carolina and has some amazing stories to share with you, as well as some awesome advice about how to be an advocate for your own mental health. I hope she inspires you as much as she inspired me. So I'm Melinda Jackson. I'm based in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I own uh, my own PR firm, Melinda Jackson Public Relations. Very easy name. It is my name. Um, And yeah, so I'll just kind of kind of just tell you uh, my my elevator pitch about myself. I grew up here in North Carolina. After college, I moved to Los Angeles. I worked in entertainment for seven years, and it was awesome and amazing and everything that you would expect, red carpets, award shows, celebrities, all that fun stuff. But I was about to turn 30, and I just got super, super burned out. So I moved back to North Carolina and worked in an advertising agency for a few years, and then again, got super burned out and realized big firm work is not for me. And I could do so much more for my clients, uh, working one-on-one with them or, you know, working with my small team and them. So, uh, three years ago, started my own company and here we are. I love that mentality. So what kind of like led to going out to California in the first place? Like what had, did you have a passion for entertainment? Did you just love the, I don't know, PR gossip? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's funny, like I'm obviously older than you, but the show The Hills came out my my freshman year in college and I'm a year younger than all of those girls. And they were all in like fashion PR and all the like entertainment stuff. And so that's kind of how I knew what it was. And I wanted to go to film school, but my parents said, oh, girls will do that. And North Carolina has um, a ton of filming here. I worked on One Tree Hill in college. They filmed Dawson's Creek here. They film movies here all the time. Uh, we have a big studio in Wilmington. And I wanted to do that. And my parents were like, girls, don't do that. You'll never make anything. Like, you you're, you just need to be a teacher. So I went into college with being an educa- education major. But I was also a cheerleader. And a lot of the cheerleaders were communications majors. And I was like, that's that seems as close as I can get to film. That's cool. And one of the cheerleaders would go to L.A. in the summer for internships. And I'm like, okay, that I think this is, you know, what I want to do. I honestly didn't really know what PR was until I started working in it. Um, I, I don't even know if I took a PR class. I don't even know if we had a traditional PR class in my in my major at the time because they were going through some transitions. But I kind of taught myself and I I just had a good idea of what it was. And my parents did not want me to go. I didn't know anybody in LA. I had gone on two planning trips and didn't get any jobs from it, did a ton of interviews, got nothing from it. And my parents did not want me to go. And I was like, bye, I'm leaving. And I packed up my car, legitimately packed up my car the day after Christmas and drove to California and shared a room with someone and made it work. <laughs> yes, I yeah. love it. Do you have any, I, can, I don't really get to ask anybody this. Do you have any stories that you can tell me that- Yeah favorite or like people that I mean you try and be professional all the time but you're like inside you're like holy oh yeah oh yeah I mean I 
I pretty much got to meet like or got to see in close proximity pretty much everybody I liked at the time. So like all the Twilight people. And it was funny because like that was when Twilight was huge. And again, I'm like the same age as a lot of the people in the movie. And one of my I ended up signing somebody that was in the cast and we went to a concert of I'm not even gonna name names. I w- we went to the concert of one of the other people in the cast. And that person came up to me and they were like, oh my God, don't I know you? I know, I have to know you. I've met you. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's because I would like psycho tweet her all the time. And I was like, just like, I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, like be my best friend, whatever. But like, that was one of those situations where she knew I was there with my client who was her castmate. And like, it was fun. And she, I was like, oh, I probably just know you from around, you know, like, doing PR I'm always at everything she was like yeah yeah sure whatever but like stuff like that happened all the time and so I had to really like quickly learn I cannot fangirl I have to be very particular because if I do fangirl I might end up knowing their manager or their publicist and I'm gonna look stupid so I couldn't do any of that um but one story I always tell people is I was at the Kung Fu Panda 2 premiere and just happened to be like two rows in front or a row in front of Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt and all their kids and because she's a voice in the movie and she just like tapped us on our, our shoulder she was like hey I'm, I'm really sorry if the kids like kick you or whatever we're like no you are fine and it was just like her brad and the nanny and they it was like brad a couple of kids angelina jolie a couple of kids the nanny and they like went and got all the popcorns and they passed them all down and yeah and they they were like they had a perimeter around those kids so they wouldn't act up in the film and they were all very well behaved and um, but it's, it's funny because nine times out of 10, like most of the celebrities are just like you and I are. Yeah. And it's, it's just funny. And the, the more the the more famous they are and the nicer they are and the more down to earth they are, it's the reality show people, like the people from Jersey shore at the time, or like the people that have only been on like two episodes of the bachelor. They're the ones that are like being assholes. Cause they think, well, I'm famous now. And it's like, no, nobody cares about you. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that one of my other favorite podcasts, they always talk about their dream guest is like Mariska Hargitay and they talk to all the people who like are on SVU all the time and they're like, she is literally a goddess. Like she just, oh yeah, dude, she's just like, hi, how is your day? You're doing great. Like she just walked. Yeah. The nicest person, but she is an absolute star and a boss. Yeah. Yeah. And another one of my favorite stories, especially now that she's, had our documentaries and stuff out is Paris Hilton. She DJed an event for us and my coworker was obsessed with her. And I was just like, it's, she's cool. Like whatever. I, I didn't care that much. And this was probably in like 2015. So I just like six years ago, I didn't really care that much about her. I was like, whatever. But it, it was a benefit concert that we were doing on Valentine's day. So I wore like a pink, like sparkly dress. I got it like Forever 21, whatever. It was cute. It was still work appropriate, you know, whatever. My friend like planned her outfit. She knew she was going to see Paris Hilton, whatever. Paris comes up to me. And she's like, I love your dress. I'm like, thanks, girl. It was definitely like $12. <laughs> and she like did not care about my coworker. I was like, I'm so sorry this happened to you. I know she's your idol, but she's obsessed with me. <laughs> but it's that kind of stuff happened all the time. And it was just, it's, it was fun. It was really fun, but it was very tiring. Okay. Well, with all of that tiredness and burnout, <laughs> how did you kind of, I guess, 
where did you gather from that lack of inspiration? How did you pick up, pick yourself up from that? Yeah. So the firm that I was at the longest, I could just tell that it was a sinking ship that, uh, we were already a small firm anyway. And I, I could just tell like things money was probably weren't as good as they were letting on or whatever. And I should, I should try to find something else. And, you know, my parents are very Southern and conservative and they're just like, you work at your job until you die and you stay loyal to those people and you never ask for more money. And so I was making like zero dollars and I was miserable and I was overworked and I was underpaid. And I'm just like, I can't keep doing this. So I applied for a couple of jobs and finally got hired at my dream PR firm. And I was so excited. I knew I was going to be perfect for this job. It was an area I had a lot of experience in. I was ready and I get in there and I can say this now because literally none of the people in that, I don't even think that department exists anymore at this company because the company doesn't even really exist. Uh, they merged with someone else, but everyone in that company or in that, um, in that division, they had such a high turnover rate. I think like they had 10 people turnover in that department in a, in like a year. And then I get in there as a last ditch effort to try to help save things. And I don't realize that that's what I'm coming into. So I'm already going it. I go from one sinking ship to another sinking ship. That's a very toxic work environment. Just the department. The company was amazing. Had I been in another department, it would have been great. But this department, this situation was horrible. And I really realized very quickly, like, I got to do something. I was so burned out. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't keep food down. I would try to go and work out. I couldn't even, didn't even have the energy to to do it. My boss was expecting me to be on call 24 seven and I was consistently messing up because I was so burned out and I'm making stupid mistakes, like like spelling errors, like things I shouldn't be making at almost 30 years old. Um, and so I kept, I kept going to HR, talking to them. They knew everything that was going on. They knew a lot of it wasn't my fault. But at the end of the day, they were just like, we can't move you to another department right now. We got to wait a couple of weeks to try to get you in another one. Just, we're just going to like keep you on the insurance, just kind of go home, work, let's get this sorted. This is going to be a mutual thing. If you need to go work somewhere else, that's fine. We'll try to find some freelance work for you in the meantime, but we just don't need you in that position anymore. She doesn't want you. You don't want to be here. Done. And I was like, nope, I'm moving back to North Carolina. So I left. <laughs> and that was uh, one of the hardest decisions I've ever made, but it was definitely the best decision I've ever made. We're... Like with if somebody else is like struggling with that kind of similar situation, yeah. what advice would you give them? How what is there anything you would change about like your process or how would you go about that? Well, I a very similar thing happened to me at the next place I worked here in North Carolina. So at that point, I was I was more aware and I was like, I'm not letting this happen a second time. Like uh, and again, I was so burned out. And this time I had to get on depression medication medication. It was just. I, I could not function, couldn't keep food down. I got kidney stones, like my health was, my body was falling apart. So if people are going through those similar things, and it's so common, and when my when it happens to my friends, I'm just like, okay, first figure out what are the things you can change in your environment, like at your job? Like, is it you or is it them? And sometimes it's a little bit of both. And sometimes, you know, saying boundaries are really great. You don't necessarily have to be on call all 24-7. Yes, you make a salary, but you know, you're entitled to a work-life balance. And so really trying to find that is super important. Um, one thing that I would do is I would make sure that like I got my step goal in every day, which sounds silly, but 
I would like, you know, if it would say, oh, stand up, you know, at 10 minutes till the hour, I would go and walk around the block. I would call them stress walks. And so I would just go get up from my desk and walk around the block and just have a reset. And that would really help. Getting up and making sure I didn't eat lunch at my desk, eat it in the kitchen, eat it outside, eat it on the porch, go out for lunch. Don't sit and eat your, at your desk. That really helped. Eating lunch, um, period. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like eat, eat food. Like you, your body cannot function if you are not fueling it. So like eat, food, drink water. Don't drink, just drink coffee, drink water. (laughs) But like finding that work-life balance, setting those boundaries. And even if you have to tell your boss or coworkers, like, Hey guys, this is a non-negotiable. That's okay. You're entitled to that. Um, unless it's something that's outside of the rules at work and then you can figure it out. And then like we just said, like feeling your body and making sure, um, that you can actually function those, those two things are paramount. But then I think a lot of times you have to also like ask yourself, is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this where I need to be right now in my life? Or do I need to find somewhere else? Is this actually what I'm passionate about? And for me, it was realizing, okay, why do I keep working for other people when I know I can do this on my own? I love that. Okay. I want to kind of dig into like your first point. And my mom, she will probably listen to this. So shout out. Hi, mom. Hi. Um, how do you kind of, I guess, navigate those conversations with your parents? Um, they do have that mindset to be like, you need to work there for so long and blah, blah, yep. blah, blah. And then like by age, our age mindset, like we're like, we want to get things done. We want to like not necessarily move forward as much as possible, but obtain our goals quicker and faster yeah. and, you know grasp as much as we can how do you kind of I guess approach that with your parents um for me it was all about trusting my gut and nine times out of ten uh, it's if it's something my parents I, I'm no I'm not even gonna say nine times out of ten I'm gonna say every single time my parents have said no that's not a good idea I don't think so. And I've truly trusted my gut on it. And this isn't like breaking a rule or anything. This is like a big, important life decision. When I've trusted my gut, it's always been right. And like, obviously your parents have your best intentions and like, we're all just human at the end of the day. They, they just want to protect us, but you also have to sit there and like really evaluate the situation and say like, okay, if I leave this job, what are my options? And what is it going to lead me to? And can, is this, do I have a safety net, you know, and can I do this with their support? And sometimes they're going to say no, and you just got to make the leap and and trust the process and kind of prove to yourself and then that like, hey, this, this works, you know, my parents didn't want me to change my major and I did. And I mean, look at me now, my parents are entrepreneurs themselves. They set up this whole life for me and my brother. I said, I didn't want it. And now I make more money than they could have paid me. (laughs) And they're always like, oh, you make more money than like, you know, then we would have been able to pay you anyway. I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I and like, and I don't have to be in the family business. You know, like I don't have to fight with you guys all the time. Like this is better for everyone if I am not part of it. So hopefully that kind of answered your question. Um, but I say at the end of the day, just like really trust your gut. And if it's something that you you feel you feel truly aligned with, like make that leap. I love it. Okay. Do you have any people in your life? I mean. 
other than obviously our parents that inspire us. Do you have any other people like either business wise, podcast wise that you kind of look to that for daily inspiration or just inspiration in either work life or personal life? Yeah, um, honestly, a lot of my friends are entrepreneurs like me. And so I think that helps for sure um, because I can be like, okay, this person is not paying their invoice. How do you think I need to handle this? And they'll they'll say, well, this is you know what I put in place for my clients or whatever. And just seeing them succeed, sometimes it's like, shit, man, like I want to, like, that's not fair. How come she's making so much more money than me? And it's like, I can do that too. So you have to turn that into like somebody being an expander for you and not just being jealous of it. Um, so I have amazing friends. I try to surround myself with really successful people because that's going to inspire me and that's going to motivate me. And also like, you don't want to be at the top of your game and surrounding yourself with a bunch of people who are just going to mooch off you or maybe aren't happy with their jobs because that's going to bring you down. And um, so, yeah, I just I just try to like surround myself with really like, amazing women that inspire me all the time do you have any other like tools or resources that kind of like help you do that as well um i love a facebook group situation i think those can be really helpful um sometimes they're not but sometimes they are so just like finding (laughs) yeah like finding groups facebook groups that are like uh you know in alignment with kind of what you do like i'm in a ton of pr groups and I've gotten clients from it where people have referred me or I've helped people like find a media contacts or help giving them clients and things like that. And then, then just sometimes you can be like, oh my God, this reporter is not getting back to me. Does anybody have a good contact that is at that magazine that is actually going to answer an email, you know, and or just having somebody to vent to like those can be really great. And then I'm trying to think of what else that I do. I don't know. I'm very into the woo-woo of it all. So I have like a lot of like spiritual uh, podcasts and stuff that I listen to, but that are still pretty grounded in a way that it's like actionable, you know, and kind of like based in in psychology and things like that. It's not just like the secret, like think about it a lot. It's going to happen. That's not that's not how it works. I noticed that you also have a passion for mental health, as you (laughs) mentioned earlier. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah. So, I mean, as I've said already, I've burned out a lot. Um, And I think that kind of it happened for a lot of different reasons. Um, You know, not advocating for myself and just not taking care of myself and putting others before me and things like that. But also the fact that I have had anxiety and depression since I was in elementary school. And it's something that, especially here in the South, people don't really like to talk about. Um, I know in my family, it was just like, don't talk about it. Don't ask about it. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're just being an asshole today. Calm down, you know, (laughs) that kind of stuff. But really, it's, it's something that really got hard for me in college. And I think that's a time when a lot of things are changing in our lives. And I kind of decided, you know, I was on medicine for a little bit and I decided it's, that wasn't the route for me. And so I got a therapist and I've, I've been in therapy, um, on and off for quite a few years now. And, and I've just really tried to figure out the tools that kind of help me keep an even keel and figure out what my triggers are. And, you know, I realize if I'm not sleeping a lot, my anxiety is probably going to be bad the next day. Or if I'm not eating a lot or I'm not hydrated, my anxiety might be bad because my body is going into fight or flight and that's going to trigger a response for me. And I'm going to, my 
physiologically, whatever, (laughs) I'm going to be anxious. Um, It's late. I can't talk. (laughs) I can't get the words out. But um, so, yeah, I I just I think like the more open and honest I can be about mental health issues and like anxiety and depression, the more it helps other people. And I've had full on panic attacks on Insta stories before. And I'm like, hey, this is what it looks like. This is what's happening. I know why it's happening. Uh, This, that and the other. But I just have to wait this out. And this is what it looks like. And I've had so many people come to me and say, thank you so much. Like my husband or my sister, they have anxiety. They just got diagnosed. They don't really know how to handle it. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to support them. So can you give me advice or just thank you for helping me see what it actually looks like? Yeah, it definitely. Anxiety is definitely a whole nother beast. And I can definitely relate. So I love talking to people who care about mental health or even just remotely support it um it is so 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 important um yeah drink water rest Uh. Um, (laughs) and those things yeah and those things seem silly but like it's true and if you i know that's something that helps me it's like oh i am not crazy it is the chemicals in my body right now are just out of alignment because i didn't sleep enough because i need to move my body because i need to drink some water and even my clients will talk to me about it. Like I had a client who was like, girl, I have not been able to schedule that interview yet with that person because I've just been having a really bad mental health week. I'm like, that's fine. We can push it till next week. Like you tell me when you're ready. And I'm open and honest with them about it. I'll say, I can't do it. I can't, I physically cannot get in my bed today. I'm just having a hard day. I will answer emails, but I cannot get on a call with you. And they're like, great. You know, we get it. You, yeah, I, I seriously, a couple of weeks ago, I was, it was like my first, like, I guess, I don't know, other podcast interview. And I was just, I had worked myself up for it. I was nervous. And we had gotten like 30 minutes into it. And it was supposed to be like an hour long podcast. And I like, I could see in the camera, my face just went white. And I was like, I'm going to cancel like right now, aren't I? Like, I'm not. And I was just like, I am so, so sorry. But like, I'm having a full on anxiety attack, like right now. She's like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. It's so, so, she was so understanding and like so respectful. But, um, it was, it was a great moment and like bad at the same time, but like great that she was just like totally like, you know, you go do that. Like we'll reschedule. It's no big deal. So, well, in those moments too, like, do you know the whole thing about grounding yourself and figuring out the five senses? No. Okay. So here you go. Here we go. (laughs) Um, this is something my therapist told me. It's a very, widely known thing so especially in moments like that you can't necessarily get out I mean you got out of it but you can't necessarily get out of it so in those situations if it happens again you can just be like hey can you just like can we just stop for a second and so you gotta figure out five things so like okay one I feel my feet on the floor two I feel my butt in the chair three uh I feel the air on my face four um I smell the candle burning Five, I hear myself talking, you know, and just like figure out the things that and you see, you hear, you feel all the, all your senses and it helps ground you and get you back in the moment. So then you can reset. I love that. I will definitely remember that in the future. Do you, there you go. <laughs> do you have any last piece of advice to share? I don't want to take too much of your time. Oh God, take it. I don't care. Um, let's see. <laughs> um, one big thing for me, I'm, I'm a big advocate on this, especially just like for entrepreneurs or anybody with mental health or just in general, I have to journal every single morning and that really helps me to just go ahead and get everything out that's on my mind, like mentally, like anxiety wise, depression wise, or just like work wise, whatever. Even if I'm just like 
in there and like, I cannot ride today. I do not have the mental capacity to do it. That helps. And I just go ahead and journal for a little while in the morning and get it all out because then I feel like I can go into my work like more fresh. And I've already, I've already dumped all of that stuff out. So I don't have to think about it at least for a little while. And I can go into my work and do my to-do list and go ahead and, and get things rolling. So journaling is the best. If you have mental health issues, if you don't, it's good for entrepreneurs, again, just to like kind of get all the stuff out of your head before you sit down to do all your tasks. Yes, I love it. Journals. I also have, if you don't like writing, there are audio journals. You can literally just speak into your phone. Oh my God. Just keep it there. I have like an audio video type situation. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, I could not do that. I would, I would only talk to it all day long. Um, so I'd have to like write it out. If anyone finds the secret folder, it's just going to be a bunch of folder. me like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, one of my guy friends was like, so if you die, like, do you want me to burn all your journals? I'm like, no, I want you to publish them and I need you to make money off of them. Like, People are going to make money off these. I've been journaling every day for years. So like a full series. Like I know. I'm like, it's going to be an Emily Dickinson situation where I'm famous after I'm dead because someone's published everything I've written. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Okay. Well, if anybody wanted to learn more about you or connect with you, where would they go? Um, You can find me on Instagram. Um, My personal is at Melinda Gale, G-A-L-E, like the wind. That's my first and middle name. But uh, all of my work stuff is at Melinda Jackson PR and just MelindaJacksonPR.com. I do PR for a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners, entertainment, music, tech companies, biotech, pretty much everybody uh, I handle. So I'm here if anybody needs it. And I'm about to launch a DIY PR course so people can learn how to do their own PR until they're ready for somebody like me to come along. Woohoo, that sounds awesome. I will yeah. definitely have all of those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thanks for talking to me. And that is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. It truly does mean the world to me. If you want to show your support for the quest for new inspiration, make sure you check out our merch store and get that bubbly but blunt sweatshirt. If you are interested in the new spring colors for the bubbly but blunt sweatshirt and t-shirts, DM me on Instagram at the quest for new inspiration and I will get a pre-order started for you. Otherwise, to show your support for the quest for new inspiration, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the quest for new inspiration and on Twitter at new inspiration pod. And make sure to leave a five-star review or share it with a friend. It truly does make a world of difference for my little podcast.